Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner, and in this episode, I'm joined by Grammy Award-winning artist, actress, designer, and host of the talk, Eve Jahan Jeffers-Cooper. Now, Eve was in London to kick off the 2018 Gumball 3000 rally, but I squirreled her away for um, some chit-chat to talk about all sorts. Her incredible career, how she navigated the music industry to become a Grammy Award-winning artist and chart-topper with that unforgettable hit Let Me Blow Your Mind with Gwen Stefani. She made a move into the movie business with roles alongside Kevin Bacon and in the much-loved franchise Barbershop. And now she is a permanent host alongside Sharon Osbourne, Sarah Gilbert, Cheryl Underwood and Julie Chen on CBS's daytime talk show The Talk. From growing up in Philadelphia to being mentored by Dr. Dre, bonding with Sharon Osbourne and re-evaluating her life after a period of depression which she describes as a dark hole, she opens up about how successes have changed her, about how disappointments and failures have focused her to live her best life. It's really inspiring, actually. We cover a lot of ground um, from how she manifests the things that she wants, the affirmations and mantras that help her stay focused, the rituals that she has in her life, the importance of sisterhood and women supporting women, and why depression ultimately made her ask herself the questions that steered her back to happiness and a more authentic version of herself, and why you should always, always listen to what the universe is trying to teach you. All links to anything we mention will be in the show notes, and if you'd like to get in touch with the show, please do email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. Without any further ado, here she is, Eve on The Emma Gunn Show. Okay, Eve, welcome to the Emma Gunn Show. I'm delighted to have you Thank on this podcast. You. Thank you for having me. For so many reasons. And I think in doing my research for this chat and really looking at your career, it's phenomenal. Thank you. The things that you have achieved, everything that you've done. And if, if it's okay with you, I'd like to kind of go back to the beginning. Sure. Did you always have a work ethic? Was there always a sense of... I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be somebody, and I'm going to achieve big things. Mm, yeah, I think so. I think when I was young, I was just one of those kids that was always busy. Mm -hmm. So, like, I wrote poetry and played violin, and I did ballet, and then I made up songs. and So I was, like, constantly moving. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Yeah, I just knew there was stuff. I was I knew there was bigger for me outside of my city. Mm -hmm. That I for some reason I always felt like I need I want to get out of Philly. 
Um, I love Philly. I love being from Philly, but I always felt like there was more. Yeah. So, yeah. I And I've heard you talk about how much you love Philly. And actually, in doing the research, I found... Um, a website philly.com and they oh, referred yeah. to your work ethic as the philly hustle which i now very <laughs> much really enjoy. i never knew that that's cool though philly hustle <laughs> no and but people that are from philly are that way we are all kind of like um i mean i even for me it's i i tell people like i've known the roots i used to go to their concerts when i was like 13 years old like in my city because that's how long they have been working they've yeah. been working and you know um, I mean, every artist from Philly, though, every artist that I know from Philly, we all have that same feisty attitude. Like, we're going to make this happen. You can't tell us no. That's just, yeah, it's something that's in us. And was it kind of like around the same time as you were there? There are people like the Roots who you now see being really successful. Yeah. I always call it, which is probably not the greatest, but like the Mickey Mouse Club thing where there was that one year where it was like Ryan Gosling, Justin. Um, yeah, like, was there funny. like... Um, I, no, I mean, we all came up at different times. So like for me, The Roots, um, by the time they had been famous, <laughs> they'd already been like super famous before I got put on. Mm -hmm. And one of the songs, they actually were, was it one of the first songs I did when I was still home in Philly? Um... Yeah, it, they actually asked me to get on the song while I was still home in Philly. And it was the song uh, You Got Me with uh, Erica Badu singing the hook. But Jill Scott wrote that hook. So, like, yeah. I remember being in the studio like, oh, my God, like, this is cool. This is my chance. But I wasn't even signed yet. So, the vi like, in the video, I'm not in the video or anything because I wasn't signed. Nobody knew yeah. me. So, it wasn't like I wasn't a big part of like, they didn't need me, basically. It was like, we just need your voice. We don't need to see you. <laughs> but that gives you a real taste. Like, that gives you a taste. Oh, yeah. And were you like, oh, oh, oh I'm going to be in the video one day? Oh, yeah. I was like, uh, why y'all ain't call me? <laughs> what happened to my invitation? Um, oh, no, actually, I'm like, I'd just gotten signs. But nobody, st nobody knew who I was, like, at all. Like, mm -hmm. I literally, like, ink was still wet. But... It wasn't, nobody knew about it. But I was like, oh my God, I can't believe they did the song and my voice is on the song and they didn't call me to be in the video. Why? So, yeah. Well, I only thought about it after the video because, mm -hmm. well, I, had, I hadn't met Erica Badu. Um, I knew who she was, obviously. But um, Jill, to me, was a Philly chick. Like, I know Jill from Philly. Like, I don't, we're not, we weren't friends, mm -hmm. but, you know, when you're in a neighborhood, you know you know those names mm -hmm. of people who are always doing shows or who are who's writing on amazing songs and Jill excuse me um had already been on so many amazing records and she had been writing so what, I was just excited that they even knew who I was to bring me in the studio to be on this song I was mm -hmm. like y'all know who I am okay cool so it was but it was after the video when I felt like they didn't ask me to be in it that I was like oh okay I'm gonna show you soon <laughs> soon Soon. Yeah. So how does that galvanize in your head? Are you like, right, I'm going to go and do this? Or how do you, how does anyone even know, like, what are the pieces that you have to have to become a recording artist? You know, I think it's like life, right? It's one of those things where you can try to have all the pieces. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the shit don't fit. Mm -hmm. And even if they, even if it's a puzzle that you put together, it's just not the time. Mm -hmm. So... The one piece of the puzzle that you can never get rid of is the determination and the ambition. Mm -hmm. That's like that invisible piece of the puzzle that you can never get rid of. 
Um, because there have been times where I'd been this close, like, oh my God, I got signed. Like my first record deal is Dr. Dre and was with Dr. Dre. I got dropped 18 months later. Like I got moved to Los Angeles. I was signed, I was recording. I had a condo, I had money. I was like, and then they dropped me and I got, I had to go sleep back on my mom's sofa, you know? So that's just life though. And I think you just have to be, yeah, you st you have you still have to be determined. And you still have to be hungry. Mm -hmm. Those things can never go away. If if you think in your life there's something you're supposed to do, and you feel it with all your being, it will happen. Mm -hmm. Maybe just not the way you think, <laughs> but it yeah. will happen. And being dropped and sort of life changing, like life being great, and yeah. then having to go back again was that really motivating? Was like, well, I'm going to get it again, and then this time I'm going to keep it. Yeah, definitely. Well. <sighs> It was more motivating in a sense that it kind of, it just was a reset. Mm -hmm. It was just a reset. It was like, okay, maybe this isn't supposed to be my life. I thought this was supposed to be my life and maybe it's not. But then, yeah, I think when I left Dre, I guess I was home about three and a half weeks to a month at my mom's house again. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'd gotten another phone call. And in that phone call, it was like, hey, there's this other record label, um, but you have to go up to the city to go see them. And it, in that moment, it kind of was like, well, do I really want this or am I done? Mm. But that strength, that that fire inside me was like, no, give it one more time, mm. give it one more chance. You know, um, yeah. Did you know, know what? kind of success would look like? Did you have a dream? Like, was it being in the charts? Was it being on a certain TV show? Was it anything For like that? For me at that time, success was, I just want to hear my song on the radio and I want people to buy my first album. I actually said for years that I only wanted to make one album. I didn't even think I would make another. I didn't want to. Just one iconic album. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I just want one. I don't, and then I'll go on and do something else. For mm -hmm. years I said that. And my manager at the time was like, that's not how it works, so you need to like rethink this situation. And I'm like, no, it's fine. I'll just do one and it's fine. But obviously after I did the one and thankfully it was successful, of course I got a taste of like, okay. And then it's not even so much the taste as it is the record label like, okay, you're successful, we need another one mm. ASAP. So then it becomes work instead yes. of fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it became, it became a job actually. And does that change does that change how you approach it? Does that change your creative output? Um slightly. So for me, my first album I feel like I've been writing all my life. Mm. You know, if that makes sense. Like I've been writing it all my life and um I had so many things to talk about, whether it was my neighborhood or how I grew up or dudes I dated or my friends or whatever. That album took yeah, all my life. And then the next album that the record label wanted, I had to do in two months. And it's like, I've already talked about everything, mm -hmm. really. Now what else do I talk about? So in that aspect, it was slightly different in the mm -hmm. sense that I'm like, okay, now I still need to pull off of um, or get inspired by, which was not so hard because I, I kind of had all my neighborhood friends with me on tour and all that kind of stuff. So to a certain extent, I still had the same stories, but to a certain extent, a lot of things were different because I was traveling different. I was, you know, my life was different. I had more money, I bought a house. Like, things were very different, so, yeah. 
And then also, um, I have never made an album. I think I could make a great one. Yeah, Who knows? do it. Do <laughs> it. You should. Um, but I look at when you see different artists work with different producers and yeah. what producers do. Did you work with any particular producers who really sort of brought out a, a new type of creativity with you? Because Yeah, I think um, Swiss, Swiss Beats, um, who is kind of like my musical brother, I guess, because we kind of, we were the, we are the same age. So when I started at Rough Riders, he he was just making beats. So, but for some reason we clicked mm -hmm. and we always have. Like when I get in the studio with him, it is just instant. Um, and he's amazing. He's just, he's, he's like a bouncing ball. I don't really know how to explain <laughs> him any other way. His just energy is just like, come on, it's amazing, let's go. Um, but yeah, he, he definitely brought out in me, um, I guess he took me outside of my comfort zone at that time in my life. Yeah. Like he was like, you know, you should try this and listen to this beat. And I'd be like, no, that's not really my style. And he'd be like, I'm telling you, just try it. And then I try it and then I love it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess he took me outside of my comfort zone. And then you're successful. You've got these albums, they're selling like hotcakes as we met here in the UK. <laughs> um, and then of course you've got the international global success yeah. of Let Me Blow Your Mind, which um, <clears throat> listeners, Grammy award winner sitting <laughs> in the room. I mean, what happens then? Is that like a, yeah, do you sit back or are you somebody who says, right, that was amazing, now onto the next Grammy or now onto the next big thing? Um, I mean, the Grammy was a surprise. So it was like, you don't really do records, at least you shouldn't. You should never go into the studio doing a record for an award or mm -hmm. trying, because it'll turn out to be shit, basically. Because you'll be like, this is not it. You'll kill yourself trying to do it. You have to go in just with, I want to try something different. Mm -hmm. I want to do something, but authentic. Um, after that award, like I said, it was a surprise. It was more like, it was pressure, actually. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't think I was like, oh, I need. All right, I'm good. It was more like, oh shit, I want a Grammy. I have to show up. Mm -hmm. It was more like that, like, because once your first album comes out, okay, cool, you did amazing. Second album, oh, you got a good song that might have taken you somewhere. We need a third album, and then it becomes a microscope of can she keep it up? Mm -hmm. And that's the pressure. I felt that kind of pressure, like. Is this gonna be the same? Do I have to be the same artist? Mm -hmm. Can I make different music? Do people are people gonna be mad if I make like it? You, I think I stress myself out <laughs> more than anything else. So, mm. I can imagine. Yeah, because as much as it's lovely to have it in your home, yeah, you'd be like that's my Grammy. Yeah, um, it can also be a bar that is really a completely bar that's set really really high. Yeah, completely. It becomes it definitely becomes a microscope of people watching you and just seeing waiting for you to fail mm -hmm. basically really <laughs> oh man i can't even imagine okay so music career great and you've already alluded to the fact earlier that you it was it was just one album mm -hmm. did you know that you wanted to go into movies no i didn't i actually didn't want to i it became that a fad at some point to put music people like it was like everybody was in a movie and i my manager actually it was his suggestion and I was like, I don't want to do that. I was like, I don't know how to act. It's just not something. And I always looked at acting as 
And I still do. You know, when I go on a set and there's certain actors on set, I'm always kind of nervous because some of them go to school for it. That's what they mm -hmm. wanted to do all their life. So I never want to be disrespectful to them or mm -hmm. I never want to be that person on set like, oh, yeah, I can act, you know, because some people study it. So I was just like, no, it's not something I'm into. I don't really want to do it. And he made me a bet, actually. He was like, if you go to this one, um, he found um, an acting coach for me. And he said, if you go to this one acting coach and you hate it, I will never bring it up again. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I went to her and she was amazing. She actually said to me like, well, you know when you do videos? I was like, yeah. She was like, you're basically acting out the song, acting mm -hmm. out the story. And I was like, oh yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, right. And then she caught me from there and, and then I caught the bug mm -hmm. just from that one conversation. And, and now I love it. And you have something under your belt that not many people can say. You have a trilogy under your belt, the Barbershop trilogy. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. They better not do a fourth one. <laughs> um, <laughs> how is that a different form of expression in terms of, like, it, it is different from Very music. different. I, I, it's funny. It's so, it's, it's such a cool thing. I think music and performing is like second nature mm -hmm. i have my rituals like i do all my like things that i need to do to get myself prepared and acting i'm still i think i'm still trying to figure it out mm. i'm still trying to figure it out um i don't know who i am as an actress i don't know what my lane is i don't know you know i i get really nervous really nervous when I'm on a set mm -hmm. like it takes me a while to warm up mm -hmm. um and to get like my like my voice come up because I've, I've there's been times I've been on set and people been like you need to speak up <laughs> like you are Mike but we can't hear you and it's I'm like really you can't hear me okay um <laughs> yeah so I I'm still figuring it out but I always go into any acting thing or acting job with I always consult uh like a coach or something because mm -hmm. it that makes you feel a bit what well, makes me feel more comfortable anyway um in terms of nerves do you see nerves as being a good thing as being a driver i was reading an interview that you did about starting the talk and being like really yes nervous <laughs> um so for you our nerves is that place of discomfort actually a sign of oh i need to be doing this? oh it's 100 percent. i think that i think we all need a little bit of uncomfortableness in our life mm -hmm. I really do I I, I mean I, I'm sure it sounds weird but I just think some people are too comfortable and complacent and you should challenge yourself and things that give you those butterflies run towards it see what it's like and if it mm. sucked at least you tried it yeah if you hated it at least you tried it otherwise you're like oh why didn't I do that why didn't I do that I don't believe I hate that I hate that feeling mm -hmm. that feeling to me is the worst feeling of damn I should have done that why didn't I do that yeah so you so now if you think I should do it and then you start to question yourself you just think better to do it than to have not done it completely okay unless I feel something other than nerves which also can happen um and that feeling will let me know like it's not for you if I get um stressed really stressed about something or I get almost like a headache mm -hmm. I won't do it it's weird I don't know but it's like I'm really in tune like is this the right thing is this right I'm really what people would say airy fairy like I'm I'm one of those people <laughs> that's like all right 
I need a sign. Are you into manifesting? Completely. Yeah. Are you good at it? Um, I don't stress it. And I think when you stress it is when it becomes, because it's, it's everybody is. Mm-hmm. Everybody can be, put it that way. Maybe not everybody is at the moment, but it's not hard. It's actually just not hard. Do you just think it's a case of knowing, just saying really clearly what you want? It's saying it and feeling it and seeing it in your head. Mm. It's not just like, oh yeah, I want this thing. It's like you are, you believe it with all your being mm. to a place of like you, it's almost like you have it. Mm. It's weird. It's like, it's the energy behind it. It's that energy behind it. You have to believe that it's meant for you. Um, yeah, it's the belief, isn't yeah. it? It's that I believe this will yeah. come into my life. Completely. You talked about rituals as well. You have your rituals before yes. you go on stage. Yes. That's really interesting to me. I do, yeah. Is it like, a, how, how does it look to you? Um, usually right before stage um, or right next to stage. It's always kind of next to stage. I let out a crazy scream, like loud. <laughs> like loud um and I jump up and down a little bit and then I kind of just center myself and get as calm as I can and I usually don't like people to talk to me right before like just right before I'm about to hit the steps for stage because mm-hmm. um, I like to keep whatever those nerves are but also whatever the, the after I breathe it's like okay I'm ready mm-hmm. um but yeah and sometimes I spray perfume. I used to all the time. I actually, for years, actually for years, I would not step on stage until I sprayed myself with perfume. It was like a real crazy thing. Not crazy, crazy, but kind of crazy. Um, do you have a signature scent? Because listeners, Eve is wearing something delightful oh, that I, okay. I have in my head to ask you about. Oh, what are you wearing you. today? It's a new one. Just It's kind of months. I've only been wearing it for a few months. Um, it's called African Rose. And it's like, um, it's more oil it's, it's a spray, but it's more oil than alcohol. Mm. And I think that's why it smells so nice. Because mm. I've tried, anytime I try stuff with like too much alcohol, then it kind of just goes away. Yeah. yeah. Nose blindness, you can't smell it yeah. after a while. Yeah. What, was your, what used to be your signature scent? Um, I had a few, actually. There was one called Florette that I was obsessed with. <laughs> that was my obsession, actually. I would like order from the company boxes of it at a time. <laughs> I did. It was bad. It was like I drank it. It was weird. <laughs> it was such, it was an obsession. It was an actual obsession. This one is a new, this is new. This is like, I'm still feeling it out, but I think I like her. Yeah, it's very lovely. <laughs> oh yeah, good. Just, just for your FYI. Thank you. Um, so, the whole thing evolves music, films, yes. fashion. You became a designer. And then of course, um, in addition to all of that, we've got TV, we've got what you're doing now, which is yeah, you nice. are would, um, the regular, host of the talk yeah. alongside Queen Sharon Osborne. I know I love her so much I love Sharon so much Sharon is so freaking cool um she was the one I was scared of the most honestly because she's no nonsense she's not a kiss ass and she's so real mm-hmm. and um and and I was like what if she doesn't like me <laughs> like honestly yeah. I was just like Ugh. I just didn't want to be on her bad side like you yeah. know she is the most amazing person. She's the sweetest woman. Um, I love her so much. And she's actually helped me be more honest, I think. In what way? Um, being on the show, period, has been free therapy. <laughs> I've probably said or let out more things than I've ever let out. In mm. But in a way that I felt like if I'm going to be here, I want to contribute. 
Um, and all of the ladies actually show up 100%. They all share their lives in a real way. Mm. Um, but Sharon is that rare, honest person that you just don't get to meet all the fucking time, you know? <laughs> and she says what she feels at all times. And I think that's a beautiful thing. That takes a lot of practice. It takes a fucking lot. It <laughs> takes a lot, but I've been trying to do it more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, possibly with a little more filter than she might have. <laughs> but I love when her filter's gone because it makes for the best shit. I love her so much. But you know, I I, I think I um, yeah, I'm learning. A, I learn. I'm learning a lot from all of them. All of them. They've all been very open and it's such a weird place for me there are days where i walk out and i sit at the table and i'm like there's the audience and cameras here and i'm on a talk show like literally like i will space out and be like this is nuts what am i doing here and it's very different because you're eve on that you're not right singing a song acting. which is crazy because the, the, that was my first that yeah i guess that was when i took the job i was like yes this is amazing and then like my first few months i was like <laughs> like I'm naked like that's what it felt like like mm. I was naked because give me a mic give me stage music easy that yeah. part is easy me just speaking as myself and one of the my biggest fears in life before I took the show was speaking in public like hugely incredibly shaking voice shaking everything so yeah it took me a few months to get comfortable mm -hmm. yeah I can imagine. It's it's, such, it's a live TV as well. Yeah. Audience. Audience, clock. You know people are watching. <laughs> like, because there's a giant clock <laughs> behind the cameras. So you're always just like, like, I have something to say, but I know the clock's up. Uh, but I, yeah, it's and crazy. And I'm guessing you've got talk back. Yeah. Like, Eve, we need you to wrap this bit up in five yes, seconds. Yes, and that's another thing, too. I had to get used to that, the, the, the lady in your ear. Also, five seconds is a lot longer on live TV than one might think. It's so long. <laughs> It's so long. Um, I saw one of the things that you talked about when you were opening up on the show was about yeah. um, having been in a dark hole. Yeah. And we have talked about this many times with many guests on the podcast yeah. about the reality of, I've talked about my experience of depression yeah. and talking about the fact that actually they can be, having that period of darkness can end up being a positive thing. Absolutely. Because you never, once you are in it and you realize that you're in it, you decide never to go back. 100%. That's so true. It's true. It's, um you know those feelings or those things that can maybe trigger something and you avoid those things or you get away from it quicker, mm -hmm. um, at least for me. Um, and yeah, I never ever wanna be back there. I allow myself one and a half pity days, <laughs> one and a half. One, maybe if I need a half day, I'll give myself a half day. But other than that, I'm like, no, let's go. I need to, even when I'm sad, I'm like, what, what do I need to learn from this moment? What is it? What do I need to do differently? Or, you know what? Fuck it. Be in your sadness. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of my dark hole came from me numbing my pain and mm -hmm. numbing my sadness and numbing, like, not wanting to feel really, everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. It's fine. I'm fine. I come from a family of women who do that. Most women do that anyway. Yeah. But um, my whole family, my grandmother, my mother, my aunts, so everybody is very stoic and it's fine, it's fine, no, I'll do it, don't worry, mm -hmm. it's fine. What can I do? And then it's like, uh, we didn't know how to ask for help, nobody knows how to ask for help. So I think a lot of 
me being in the business really young and having tons of my friends around me and then having fame but then with fame come fame has amazing things but fame comes with a lot of shit fame mm -hmm. comes with a lot of horrible people um and i think i just numbed myself all the way through it and i just drank too much and and i woke up one day and i was literally in this hole like I don't even recognize what is happening. Um, and there'd be times I look in the mirror and be like, I don't even know who that person is. Um, it, was it was a crazy time. It was a crazy time. But I appreciate it mm -hmm. for what it was. I honestly do. I appreciate it for what it was. And because um, it taught me about myself and it taught me about, like I said before, those things that sometimes you just need a break mm -hmm. sometimes you need to ask for help sometimes you should reach out to somebody and just say can you talk mm -hmm. which is still kind of hard for mm -hmm. me but um but yeah it's, it's nothing wrong with it there's nothing wrong with it not in the slightest we've talked to I, I mean as far as I'm concerned the best people that I know have all had some kind of issue with be yeah. it with depression or anxiety yeah that they literally have to deal with every day do you remember or can you uh, think about um a step or one of the first things that you did that you felt like right I'm, I'm pulling myself out of this hole now mm, well I think I grew I've always grown up in a family that was more religious than I, I would say spiritual so we talked about God a lot and we talked about um, heaven and angels and things like that. So I think that's always been a foundation for me. And I think that's where I started. Mm -hmm. Prayer for me was, I need to pray myself out of this. I need to talk like, hey, God, I know it's been a minute, but <laughs> I'm calling. <laughs> like, um, And then I kept calling. And then it was like, they, they probably put me on fucking hold because I <laughs> got them on speed. I'm like, are you guys listening? What's happening? Um, so I started there. And then, and then I kind of just started trying to be more healthy and I started I actually started asking myself questions um planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And it's funny because I'm thinking about this when I met my husband... <laughs> and I was living in LA and I'm like, I don't know how we talk, started talking about this, but I was like, yeah, I'm reflecting, I'm self-reflecting. He just thought it was the funniest shit. And I was like, you're so British. Like, he just was like, what does this mean? What does this reflect? You're so funny, like, what does this mean? And, and but I was like, I am. And so I started asking myself questions. And some of those questions were, do I like myself? Do I love myself? How much do you love yourself? Um, and then I just started saying, I want to love myself more. How do I love myself more? And that became an actual a ritual question to myself and a ritual statement. Like, 
you need to start showing up for yourself and start loving yourself more. And it was a pra- it, I had to practice it a lot. I didn't trust myself for years. Just through this dark hole of drinking and hanging around the wrong people, mm-hmm. I really had, I did not trust my, my like instincts. Um, so I just had to do a lot of work on myself. I went inside for a while <laughs> and yeah. Do you think um, the drinking the not with the, with the right people, do you think there was a small part of you that was always going, hey Eve, no, 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 but you would kind of block it out. Hundred percent, and I, I think better. that's what made it even worse. Yeah, honestly, because mm-hmm. then you, then you're the, then you're guilty, mm-hmm. then you're mad at yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the worst. There's nothing worse than being mad at yourself. <laughs> like being mad at somebody else, easy. When you're mad at yourself, and we're so mean to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like we are really mean to ourselves. So I went through a lot of that and, and to get over the guilt, then I probably drank a little bit more, you know, or went out a little bit more. Um, and it wasn't until, and I've talked about this on the show too, until I got a DUI um, and I had to wear an ankle bracelet to stop me from drinking um, because that was my punishment, mm-hmm. that I had to be forced to deal with my emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's very confronting, having something on your body. Yeah, that you and I and because it was like one of those things where I've been going back and forth with myself, but it was like this one time I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go out, mm-hmm. and I think the universe was like, bitch, you've been doing all this work. We're gonna give you a, a roadblock now. Mm-hmm. Now it's time because you're not listening. Like. And I was like, okay, I'm listening now. I'm listening oh, now. So you were already you'd already started. The oh life. yeah, I was already in a like good place so I kind of was like oh I'm just gonna let me just go out like whatever and then it was just like nope you're not you're not done the work yet that's why I feel like it was literally like okay guys she's not listening what can we do I think that's another interesting thing that has come up a few times on this show of just kind of listening to what the universe is trying to tell you it's real Mm -hmm. I swear and people say it's airy fairy or whatever it's real Mm -hmm. it honestly is and life would be a lot easier if we just tuned in a little bit more. It really would. Like, I'm a lot more in tune than I've ever been. And it's something I, w- I want to be. It's, mm-hmm. um, and I think I always have been as a kid. I think a, that's where a lot of my numbing came from, too, because I was always the kid that was, like, a little bit different. Teeny bit different than mm-hmm. everybody else, but I was a good chameleon, so I could hang out with everybody. I could shapeshift. That's, and I always could fit in anywhere but I always felt like I was just slightly different than anybody else shape-shifting as a people pleaser so is that where the like pushing down what you wanted came from? completely completely um definite people pleaser definite um yeah like I could definitely fit in different places always Mm -hmm. yeah that's an incredible skill especially kind of um explains your ascendance in kind of music and film yeah I guess so to be adaptable I'm very it's I don't know where it comes from, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, I guess it is. I guess it's helped me. <laughs> yeah, I well, I, it helped you and then you kind of had to redress the balance mm-hmm. and now all is good. Um, you worked with um, some big time mentors. Yes. Um, do you now try to be a mentor to other people? Have you tried to do that during your career? I am always available for anybody i've had over the years i've had young art younger artists come up to me and ask me things or i've I've given out my number i've like um 
I've helped some people with certain things with their record deal. Yeah, I'm always available because mm-hmm. I never had that. And I always, I kind of thought that's what the industry was. I actually thought that I, it was kind of like a big sisterhood. Like I was like, oh, I'll get into the industry and I'll have like, like girls that I look up to, mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, rappers or um, even some execs that I met. Um, and But nobody, nobody's like that. <laughs> I learned that very quickly where I was just like, trying to reach out to people and people were kind of like girl what <laughs> like looking at me like I was crazy I'm like oh I thought people helped each other but they didn't so I always um was always completely open and still am mm. completely open um all the time because I think it's nice when you have when you're able to ask someone who's been in it certain questions or just advice mm-hmm. it's amazing I started getting advice from people a little later on in my career like Ice Cube has given me really amazing advice. Latifah has been amazing. She's given me advice. She would pull me to the, the side sometimes and be like, what you up to? What's going on? But that happened later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Dre, yeah. Even though he used to get on my nerves, but he gave me good <laughs> advice. <laughs> um, There's one thing I noticed when I was doing my research as well, and you just talked about you thought you'd be going to the sisterhood, but I've noticed you talk about it a lot, like you've talked about the women that you grew up with back yeah. in Philly, um, even the way you've talked about Gwen Stefani, obviously there's lots of coverage about, yeah. you were like, she was the only woman, she was the only one who could sing that song. Yeah. And then now on the talk, it seems like that is actually a really important foundation, like it's an yeah. important pillar for you. Like, it's weird, I don't know, I guess it's always kind of been there, mm-hmm. um, but it is, it is very important to me. I just think as women have to help women. We mm-hmm. have to build each other up and, I just recently apologized to someone. I actually just sent them a note. Um, I wrote a note to someone that I said something not so nice about. And for years, it kind of bothered me. And I was like, and I was like, oh, I don't need to do that. But then I was like, you know what? You need to do this because it was rude. And, and I say in the note, like, you know, I apologize for what I said because it was such a flippant comment and it's not true. My nature is not that. My nature is to uplift and to build up. And I believe women should do that. Mm-hmm. And that is a true belief. Um, we need each other. We need each other. We really do. Like, mm-hmm. if, if we don't help each other out, nobody else is really going to help us out. Um, and I don't know where, and especially being in the business, it, the cattiness is terrible. It, it's horrible. It can be really bad, but... Um, I really try hard not to be that way. How do you block it out? Because I, it obviously, when you're aware of it, and you're emotionally um, in the way that you are, like me, empathic. Yeah. Um, it can be hard to not so kind hard. of let it permeate. I always. <laughs> this sounds airy fairy too. People are like this girl is. Oh, there's crazy. plenty of airy fairy okay, in this good. podcast. Every I'm week. Like, good. Um, <laughs> I am very. When I start my day, I. I kind of just put out an intention of please, um, first of all, allow me to be in my space, allow me to be positive, um, and yeah, be celebratory. Mm-hmm. I do ask for that, and 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 pe- and peaceful. Like I always ask for that. I'm always like, please let it be peaceful. Please let it be light. And mm-hmm. I do believe in all that. So that is, I start my day like that. Um, and then if I ever feel, I do I actually have, do ask about that too. Like, um, God, please don't let my ego take over. Like, please don't let me be um, jealous or or have any of those feelings. And if so, please turn it into something positive. I do ask for those things because I re- recognize that they are real mm-hmm. and we're human. Like, 
that is what it is. Like, you know, somebody might have a better ass than mine. But in, instead of like being like, I can't believe she has a better ass than mine, I'd be like, girl, how many squats you do? Your ass is amazing. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. I try. It's hard though. It's hard. Well, on this podcast and at the moment I'm reading, we've talked about manifestation. We've talked about the various books and resources. Um, Send me some books. I will, Send me some book names. <laughs> I will WhatsApp you after this. Yeah. But um, were there any books that you were reading on the, uh, you know, the upward spiral out of the dark hole that maybe you could recommend? Mm, was I reading much? Or anything, any, any resources that you were like, yeah. oh, this is really, this is exactly where my mind needs to be. Well, I, more recent, I think at that time I wasn't, I was more internal. Mm-hmm. Um, more recent though, I listen to, I love listening to guided med- meditations. I love um, Gabrielle Bernstein. She's an amazing, she's amazing. Mm. Um, I love Wayne Dyer. I love, um, there's a book actually, I'm working with a doctor in LA actually. His name is Habib Sadegi and he has a book called The Clarity Cleanse. Um, that is amazing. And his whole philosophy is about basically that cells hold on to trauma mm-hmm. and hurt. And he cured himself from testicular cancer um, by go- basically going in deep and doing all this work. This book is incredible. I do highly recommend Listeners, it. Listeners, I will put the link in the show notes. Yeah, it's a really good book. He actually was just on the show. I had him on the show. <laughs> I, I begged for him to be on that. I was like, can you please come on the show? Um, yeah, he's incredible. That's a really good book recently, but... Um, I just think we as people and women especially, we need those, whether it's when before you go to sleep, just take some time to yourself. Mm. Um, put on something really nice, put on some really nice music, some, something meditative, something that calms your nervous system. Breathe, like those little things, even if it's 10 minutes, mm. honestly, really seriously does help. Mm. It truly does. There are times where I just have to retreat. Like, I'll be like, let me just get a minute. Let me go breathe. It'll be fine. You know, um, yeah. It's interesting you say that. In another interview, you said that you were an introverted extrovert. Yeah. (laughs) And I've called myself one of those before. And one of the the characteristics is that you can be great socially and you can be like the social glue, but then you need a lot of time by yourself after. You have to recharge. (laughs) Yeah. You have to recharge because you give out so much Mm -hmm. and you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. that's the crazy thing it's like you do enjoy doing it but then you're like okay shit (laughs) (laughs) wait a minute i need to go give me a second yeah i'm i'm glad i'm glad someone else understands that because i'm like i know it sounds crazy but i'm i'm but i'm basically both Mm. yeah i love it i there was a big dinner um in the beauty industry uh that's my background uh this week and it was amazing and i saw so many friends but the next day i was really really quiet and about mid-afternoon i was like this is because you just stole it all (laughs) they plugged in and that's what happens i think people like us we people we allow people to plug in because we give so much out Mm. like we have so much we want to give and it it's an energetic thing Mm. it really is I also, when there are people in the room who don't know each other, I, I, it makes me feel anxious. So I'll be like, I should introduce I know, I you, it. and I should introduce you, and so yeah. I start tap dancing and like <laughs> yeah. doing a little dance and just trying to make everyone everybody else. know each other. We all know each other now. <laughs> um, so much is going on for you right now. You juggle so so much. So, do you have um, any tips for the listeners in terms of how you keep your eye on the prize but yeah. kind of keep everything else ticking along? Wow. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, 
I'm constantly not trying to be overwhelmed mm -hmm. because what happens with me is I'm like, yes, 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 it's fine. Yeah, let's go. Let's get, text me, email me, blah, blah, blah. And then I find myself putting my phone down like that so mm -hmm. I don't see any yeah, pop-ups yeah. or messages. And then I, I become anxious. Then I become a procrastinator. Then it's like, it's a full cycle. Yeah. So um, I now verbalize to people what I, and I never used to do this before. I now say, if I can, because not everybody can, you can say these things too. But I now say to people like, Look, I just need a minute. Let me just get back to you. Let me think about it. Mm -hmm. Or, or um, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. Can you give me a second? And mm -hmm. I think there's nothing wrong with saying that. I used to feel bad about saying that to people. I felt like it was a weak, not like a weakness almost. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not the right word, but you know what I mean. It kind of yeah. just because I, I just didn't want people to think I couldn't take things on. Mm -hmm. So now I say to people, like, just give me a second. I'll get back to you. Let me get back to you. Mm -hmm. Please don't keep calling me. Please don't keep e <laughs> don't email me one more goddamn time. <laughs> I mean, I don't say it like that, but you know what I mean. It's like just said with love. Yeah, with love. <laughs> Everything with love and light. <laughs> but yeah, so I try. That has been helping. Um, I am more communicative than I've ever been. Mm -hmm. I used to not be. I used to kind of be. Um, a little bit of I used to go into my shell a lot more so now I I guess I'm a lot more open than I used to be you're a Scorpio right I am uh, yeah yeah <laughs> makes sense what's your sign well Sagittarius but I'm uh, rising sign Scorpio and yes. I think I'm more Scorpio than Sag yes a lot of my best friends have been Sag Scorpions and Sagittarius get along very well mm -hmm. um yeah and yeah, you know, so as a Scorpio, it's like we're always, we live in our heads constantly. That is true. I, I gotta, I'm still working on that. Highly emotional, highly creative often. Yes. And were you somebody who in the past, if you couldn't um, vocalize something, it would just be a shutdown? Oh, yeah. And that person, somebody would be trying to reach you and you, and. Oh my God. She's closed for the day. Down. Fully. Fully, like it was like crazy. I'm like, why am I hiding? These people don't want money from me, like, or sometimes they do. But like, you know what I mean? It's like I literally would just not deal with it, mm. literally, um, which is crazy because then you stress yourself out. Mm -hmm. That's what actually happens when you're not dealing with certain things. You make it worse for yourself than you do for anybody else, and then you like are mad at yourself. So, so even now, when I have like, if I have to have it, if I have to get back to someone, if I Absolutely have to. If it's a deadline or something, I make the deadline because it's better for my life and my mm -hmm. anxiety if I just do what I need to do. Um, yeah, I don't shut down as much. <laughs> you talked about procrastinating. I think that's a real trait um, of creatives. Yeah. But it does stress you out because you think, oh, I'll do that thing, whatever it might be. In my case, it's writing, for example, yeah. or recording a podcast. And I think, oh, I'll edit that podcast tomorrow when, I have, when I've got more time. But that evening before when I've kind of procrastinated, I'm stressed because yeah. it's, I've got it to you do. you got to get it done. Mm -hmm. you got to do it. And it's like, why? And you know every single time, why did I do this to myself? Mm -hmm. Why did I do this to myself? Yeah. I was always that person, I don't know if you were, like you get home from school on a Friday night and you've got homework for Monday and it always it was always Sunday Sunday evening. night, <laughs> of course, please. Sunday night before you know you're supposed to just be in bed. Just why just just do it. If you just do it, then it's done. My mother is amazing like that. My mom is like, she's the get home from a trip and unpack immediately. Max is like that too, my husband. 
And I'm the that bag will be sitting there for three goddamn days. Okay? Three days. Yeah. Before I'm like, oh, you're still here? I guess <laughs> I should deal with you right now. I and but it's easier if you just do it, but I literally can never bring myself to pack, unpack, or like do the dish or something like shit you should just do. Yeah. I just can't do it. Yeah, no, I'm empty the dishwasher. I can walk past that thing four or five oh, times. Please, it's like it's, it's like it disappeared. <laughs> I hit a low a couple of years ago when I um, did the dishwasher, opened it. I was like, oh, I'll empty it later. And then I just made plates and things dirty. So I was like, well, I go around again. Right. Yeah. No, listen, <laughs> I'm guilty. I've done that as well. Might as well put it back in. What's wrong with another wash? Nothing. No, nothing. No, nothing. Saving water, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I try to be much better at that now. Like if I see the carpet, I'm like, oh, I think I, think I need to do the hoovering. Yeah. I will actually just go over and do it. And then yeah. I feel much better. You feel so much better because you can just relax. Yes. It's done. We stress ourselves out so much. We do, we do. Do you have any other techniques? You talked about guided meditations. Do um, you have a favorite guided meditation app or anything? I don't really have an app. I listen to this music called Sophageal Notes. Mm -hmm. um, and it's basically the frequency is tuned at the frequency of the earth. It's like 432 meg, like, meg I know this sounds crazy. No, I've got an app called Binaural Beats. Okay, perfect. Same thing. Exactly. Yeah. So those to me are amazing. They always help my brain just calm. Mm -hmm. um, and it just sounds so pretty. I feel like you just float somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, there is, if you, if people like YouTube, there is this, these guys that I listen to called the, um, what is it? The Honest Guys. I think that's what they're called. And they have good meditations. Sometimes it's, sometimes he sounds a bit creepy. <laughs> sometimes, but just go to the next one. <laughs> sometimes he does. And then I'm like, ooh. Now, we've talked about this uh, before on the podcast as well, about how fitness going to the gym is as much for your brain as it is for the body. I swear this is not some bullshit to make you go to the gym. Shit's real. <laughs> I hate that it's real, but it's real. My favorite app, though, if you ever, if you are into yoga, they have three different levels, and it's called Asana Rebel. Mm -hmm. It's amazing, and they have four minute, ten minute, twenty five minutes, whatever you feel like you want to do. They have like power yoga, like Zen yoga. Honestly, it's been kind of amazing. That's like my new favorite app because sometimes I can roll, especially before the show, before I go to the show. Um, we, we don't have to be up super early, but like around seven. Mm -hmm. um, and if I have like 25 minutes, I do something really quick, jump in the shower, and then I've done something mm -hmm. for the day. So it's not always about getting to the gym either. Yeah. That's another thing sometimes, unless you love that. But I, cause I used to feel guilty about that. Like, fuck, I didn't make it to the gym. Yeah. That's like, I don't need to make it to the gym. Also buy some bands, those rubber. I don't resistance even, bands? Those resistance bands. Yeah. Those are amazing. And just get like some five pound weights in your house. And that way you can just do shit while you watch TV. So I saw a great video on your Instagram feed and it was you do it like, you oh, don't yeah. mess about. Oh yeah, so when I do go to the <laughs> gym, I am training for a triathlon. No, I'm kidding, no, that's my trainer. She's been training me, Michelle. I've, she's a friend now. She, we've known each other for like 13 years. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so she has known me for God, we know each other for like 13 years. But she, when I lived in LA, the first time I lived there for like nine and a half years, 10 years, she was the only trainer that basically got me to like an amazing place body-wise. Mm -hmm. And I just trust her. So I wanted to do that video with her, but she makes you go hard. Mm -hmm. She kicks your ass. But 
it's good because those kind of workouts, I only do that like twice a week. Yeah. Because they're so hard mm-hmm. and they're about an hour to 90 minutes. Wow. And then, yeah. And then the rest of the week, I either chill or do <laughs> a sauna rebel or do a yoga class or something. And that way I've done stuff. But yeah, I don't, I'm not that girl that's like, I can't do Barry's boot camp five days a week. That's, I mean, if I did, my ass would be amazing. But, but also your cortisol levels would be up through the roof. This, that's the thing. So that's the other thing. So I've done the eat right for your type blood test thing. <laughs> and my, I'm A negative and they tell you what foods are right for you and what exercise is right for you. And any strenuous exercise is not right for my blood type. And I don't, I believe it's, like that for a lot of people like Mm -hmm. you said the cortisol levels because you're doing one thing but then I always found when I did do super hard workouts all the time I was so immensely exhausted Mm -hmm. to a point that wasn't just normal exhaustion we're talking adrenal fatigue yeah yeah it was completely something different so I I just can't do it Mm. I just can't do it I did um, some work with uh, Dalton Wong, the trainer who looks after Jennifer Lawrence, and he just says, you have to to be really intuitive. There are days when you can push it, and there are days when you have to do yoga, and they are both physical, and they are both good for you. And they both, they complement each other. Mm. They totally complement each other, and yoga is so great for you because it makes you breathe and open up. And Mm. even now, as I just said that, I'm like, I need to like- Postures up. (laughs) Postures up, like heart out, and you do breathe better, better, Mm. so yeah. Now, we are coming to the end of our time together, which is heartbreaking because it's been so much fun. But I wanted to ask you uh, one last thing, which is about on your Instagram profile, you have, um, you've described yourself. And the last one in your list, because it says world traveler, wife, poet, believer, creator, and the last one is risk taker. Yes. So I wondered if you could just elaborate on how risk obviously it's a good thing for you so how is risk taking paid off for you (laughs) yeah i mean that goes back to that feeling of um nervousness that Mm -hmm. feeling we talked about of um running towards like i run towards my fear as long as it's not like jumping off a building or something like (laughs) that's we have lines but you know but taking doing this show was huge that's a risk you know it was a huge risk because no one's ever seen me in that light i Mm -hmm. haven't seen myself in that light i could have fucking tanked Mm mm-hmm but I'm happy I did it. And even if it did tank, even if I did it those first month, that month or whatever, at least I, I rolled the dice. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, doing songs, even going back to Gwen Stefani, I rolled the dice. Um, I just believe in that kind of stuff. And um, marrying the man I married, it's like, I'm from Philadelphia. Like, it's the, we look at each other sometimes, we're like, how the hell did this happen? But it just works. And it's like, you just have to trust. It's rolling the dice, but also trusting. Um, and well, I won't say he was a risk. That's, that's the wrong word to say for him. But you know what I mean when I say like, it's just, I don't know. I just think whatever you feel um, that might not be what other people see you as mm-hmm. or might not be what other people are used to because people are always used to you in a mm-hmm. certain place. And if you tell them you're doing something different, it's like, oh, you are? Oh, that's taking a risk. Take a risk on yourself. Roll the dice on yourself. That's good advice. Yeah. Eve, thank you so much. It's thank been such you. a pleasure to talk Yay, to you. Yay, thank you so much. I'm glad this finally happened. Yes, <laughs> me too. Jesus Christ, no, for sure. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the show. Don't forget, one of my favorite things is to hear from you. So if anything from the episode is something you want to email me about, it couldn't be easier. Just email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com 
or why not send me a DM on social media on Twitter and Instagram I'm at Emma Guns and I do try to get back to everybody as quickly as I possibly can if you enjoyed this episode and feel so inclined please do click subscribe wherever it is wherever it is that you might download and stream this podcast so you never miss an episode and if you have the opportunity I'd be delighted if you could leave five stars and maybe a little review about what you like about the show it really does help a show like mine stand out on a crowded crowded podcast platform thank you so much and I will see you again on the next one even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.